social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Tuesday Hey, what are you doing for lunch? What are you doing right now? Why not swing by Ron's Pastry Gourmet? Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, you can find them on Facebook, but they're located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. Folks, they have the Let's Go Brandon donuts. They're delicious. They're a huge hit. And any, uh, bring them in the office. Bring them home. Let's Go Brandon donuts. Now, they also have terrific Italian cookie, holiday cookie trays, they have uh, delicious calzones. Ron and Melissa, stop it and see them. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They're open right now. They open at 7. They're open until 2 o'clock. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Delicious. Everything fresh. Stop in and see them. And they have those Wandy trays. They have uh, delicious Italian cookies and holiday trays. And plus, of course, the Let's Go Brandon donuts. Well, folks, it's Tuesday and some... Uh, some bad news, unfortunately. Number one, the inflation numbers keep getting worse. It's very obvious now, the Biden administration, they don't have any answer for the how inflation, what's ironic is uh, inflation is by far outpacing whatever uh, wage increases that people were getting. So so there's that. So it doesn't matter that they're you know talking about how much they, it's interesting, the progressives always pushing the you know higher wages. And yet they certainly never accounted for the fact that higher wages are one thing. But what if, in fact, uh, it doesn't matter that you have higher wages simply because inflation is climbing at such a at such a high rate? So and it is right now and it's out of control. And it would seem uh, very obvious to anyone that that wants it's paying attention that the uh, Biden administration folks, not only do they not have a handle, they have a dysfunctional vice president that's what I believe right now, what you're seeing, all this talk about the January 6th commission and they want to revisit January 6th. It's all a distraction. It's all a distraction to try to get people's attention away from just how expensive things are, how they have uh, really thrown off in the workforce. And I, I want people to, to understand this, that, you know, there are certain things that are done that many times the people making the decision, they don't understand many of the, the long-time uh, con- possible consequences. One of them is, you know, you see it locally. Governor McKee decided, yeah, we'll give the Providence teachers, we'll give them all a $3,000 bonus to sign off on their new contract. It's really just a way, like, and hopefully they'll vote for me in the primary. And what they're seemingly now realizing is if you give 3000 to them, then you have to give 3000 to to every union member that's coming forward that their contract is up and then conversely as much as the government said we're going to pay all these people not to work and and you know biden they did that in the spring and congress did that in the spring and everyone took the summer off and now the problem is those people don't want to return to the workforce they don't want to return to the workforce and and it's a problem and what's also really a problem obviously is that the virus is not going away 
and there there are people and let's be very clear about this there are people landing in the hospitals the hospitals are not empty the i think people have to realize that we what we are dealing with right now it's it's really a seasonal situation where think about it you know in the summertime it wasn't really that bad and in the spring it wasn't that bad but now you know the more the people are indoors the more that people are gathering and seeing each other now this can be a time of year keep in mind you've had in the past just seasonal flu that has had hospitals crowded had doctors offices the waiting rooms packed and so forth so now when you put you know the virus into the mix COVID into the mix it's just it's another level and it would sure seem that back on july 4th the biden administration thought they were doing uh basically you know a curtain call that this thing was coming to an end it it, it is not coming to an end and and right now you know now as they're trying to institute more mask mandates we're all waiting to see what governor mckee is going to do the mask mandates are problems for companies that want to bring workers back because now they're saying everyone that's going to be in the office has to wear a mask and that's not how people want to function and this is just going to cause cause uh, more discord and then you have all the different elements now of the different variants and now there's this variant and then there could be a different variant coming and uh folks just so much unrest and then you know you you look at as you have these people at the state house and they're sleeping out and a homeless problem you know who's homeless look at the footage of the people in kentucky arkansas struck by that tornado those people they're homeless they had homes absolutely destroyed to ruins those are homeless instead you have political stunts there were apparently there's there's approximately i think 226 people right now in rhode island that are homeless and don't have a place to sleep last night they had over 300 people protesting at the state house there's more there's more protesters then there are actual people homeless so you have that type of discord and then folks the violence continues in the city of providence and and mayor lorza again he's not going to fix the problem that should be obvious by now if you go to the website we were there was a shooting last night there's a gang problem in the city mayor lorza the mayor mayor yeah, refuses to acknowledge that he's got a gang problem he just won't acknowledge he has a gang problem in his city and as a result of that as you know if you continue to pretend that you don't have a problem the problem's not going to go away it it seemingly is as simple as that folks this portion of the program is brought to you by the coheset inn for a great meal stop it and see them 226 coheset avenue in west warwick great menu a great bar area delicious lunch dinner drinks you're gonna love it a great meal is waiting for you at the coincident so i i don't know um this is tough as we're going into you know uh getting ready now this is the the last full week and then you start to get into christmas week and the new year's but the numbers are high i recognize people want to celebrate um what we have in the the white house is just a complete void of leadership uh president biden is not leading harris is even worse uh they're in total denial uh, in in um inflation is not getting better it seemingly is getting worse and their idea of trying to show progress is to show that the price of gas dropped one penny which is is ludicrous um i, I there's no easy solution to this and then closer to home we're waiting to see what governor mckee is going to do 
as far as the mask mandate, because, you know, the, the problem is Governor Baker, the governor of Massachusetts, Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, is not running for reelection. Now, one of the reasons he said is he doesn't want the politics involved with what he has to do for the job mixed in with the fact that um, he's trying to make decisions and doesn't want politics to come into that. With Governor McKee, Governor McKee will be running for governor, so he's trying to keep everybody happy in a situation that makes it very, very difficult to try to keep everybody happy. So, I, I, and maybe even it's it's not possible, but um, that that remains to be seen. I'll say one thing about the the progressives, folks. They're, they're very, very loud. They make an awful lot of noise. Uh, things that they're demanding, things they're demanding, they want done. Uh, it's always to the extreme. The progressives basically, seemingly, they, they just want everybody to go back on lockdown. And um, it's not your imagination. There's just so much discord right now. People thought, you know, there was such a message that last November that all the division was going to come to an end and President Biden was going to unite the country. And it's very obvious now for anyone paying attention. That is like the farthest thing from what's actually happening. Folks, I want to encourage you to visit the website. We have some unique original stories. We have video. We cover stories the rest of the media do not. Um, and DePetro.com, which is brought to you by Tavolo, T-A-V-O-L-O, Wine Bar and Tuscan Grill, authentic, innovative Italian cuisine, big city food and ambiance without the big city price tag. Stop it and see them. Three locations. I've dined in all three. Providence, right there on Atwell's Avenue. They also have it when it's nice out and warm out. They have a nice courtyard in the back. Smithfield, right near Bryant. They also have a great wine list as well. And also the work location right across from the airport on Post Road. And I've dined there as well. Tavolo. And again, if you would like to try it, Wine Bar and Tuscan Grill online at TavoloWineBar.com. You can go to the website, DePetro.com, and then there's a direct link. Uh, Leonard, his family, Leonard and his wife, they do just a great job, folks. Three great locations. Stop in, see them, support our local businesses. It's Tavolo wine bar and tuscan grill you are listening to the john DePietro show make henry oil your oil provider this winter give them a call today call henry oil 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 henry oil serving most rhode island and southeastern mass automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial it's henry oil give them a call since 1947 you can depend on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401-521-0200 Five two one zero two hundred. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off. All wedding bands, rope, Figaro, Miami Cuban, and puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers. 
Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. Heating season is here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. Energy-efficient, quiet, and more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, carrier factory authorized dealer, licensed, by the way, in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. JKL's reputation, second to none. Call JKL Engineering today. Replacements, whether it's for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, called JKL, 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. This winter, you can depend on JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, what a fantastic new book. Folks, he was Chief of Staff to President Trump. Great book, The Chief's Chief. We want to welcome to the program. It is the great Mark Meadows. Mark, it's John DePietro. First of all, congratulations on a tremendous read. Well, thanks, John, and it's great to be with you and all the listeners. And thank you for always speaking it. Uh, like it is telling the truth and bringing it to your listeners uh, with uh, no political correctness. It's it's great to join you, and it was an honor to serve the 45th president of the United States, and hopefully this, this book will be something that gives uh, your uh, listeners kind of a behind-the-scenes look at what went on. Mark, I am so glad you wrote this book because finally we get more of an accurate depiction of exactly what was going on, starting with, and even though it's playing out now, but just your thought on the fact that what has come out recently regarding, you know, the Russian collusion and the whole thing, it's really, I think that'll go down as one of the darkest moments in American journalism. Well, without a doubt. And and it's interesting, John, that you, you highlight that because I talk about that in the book. And, and there's one one particular uh, 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 chapter called The Long Con. And it is a long con because the Democrats and many of the people in the swamp, they knew how, how bad it was from a standpoint of, of just uh, the fact that it was Hillary Clinton and many of her operatives that were actually colluding with Russia – and it was not indeed uh, any anything that the president uh, actually uh, did. And so, so when we we look at that, I think the the real key is is not only coming out, but there's more to come, John. Your your listeners will hear it here first. I'm here to tell you more connections to Hillary Clinton. And as John Durham digs deeper, we'll see that not only was President Trump right that they spied on him, but it was a collusion and a dark day in american history where the hillary clinton campaign tried to accuse donald trump of what they were actually guilty of folks we speak with mark meadows he was president trump's chief of staff fantastic new book by the way this makes for a great christmas gift for everyone that's listening the chief's chief mark i like how in the book you write and and you know people are seeing now how difficult it can be but your march 2020 how quickly everything had to pivot it is remarkable 
how yourself and President Trump took America through the pandemic. Well, you're very kind to give me even a little bit of credit, but it's actually President Trump that did all of that, John. I can tell you, yeah, I was, uh, I didn't get much sleep, but uh, the president never sleeps. He, he will call at, at all hours of the, the morning and night and, uh, and to give you a to-do list, it seems like uh, he's the vigilant sentinel that is there. But really when, uh, when uh, the, the virus came from China and, and started to affect everybody in uh, the United States and around the globe, uh, he saw it as his mission to make sure that we got government out of the way and that we got real solutions there. And in spite of what the left-wing media wanted to do is to, to blame him for everything. And they did almost 96% of the time. Uh, it, was, it was really quick decisions that he made to save our economy, to save lives, and ultimately uh, to fight back against the swamp that was trying to undo his presidency uh, each and every day. Folks, again, we're speaking with Mark Meadows, President Trump, Chief of Staff, his fantastic new book, which makes a great holiday gift, The Chief's Chief. Mark, if you could also just take us through, I like also that you you talk about, despite all the hurdles, how President Trump, your administration, would keep your eye on the prize. It's incredible how this administration, how fast things have just unraveled. What incredible discipline by yourself and President Trump. Well, you're very kind. I, I can tell you uh, this, that uh, because the president uh, believed that America should be placed as the highest priority, it wasn't just a, a campaign slogan. It was a way of life for him. Uh, in the, the, the epilogue, the final, uh, final chapter of the book, uh, I, I, I basically spell out a conversation that, that President Trump and I uh, had uh, just a, a few months ago now, uh, and and he said, Mark, can you imagine that it would have gotten this bad this quick? And I said, no, sir, I couldn't. He says, you know, he says, all Joe Biden had to do was was literally nothing because we had, you know, we had a secure border. We actually had a real plan to bring people out of Afghanistan that wouldn't have put 13 service members in harm's way. And, and so we, we, I put that in that final chapter because uh, so much of what we've seen happen uh, literally were, were things that we had and discussed in the Oval Office that, that bluntly there needs to be some accountability and so we we cover that in uh in keeping your eye on the ball the president keeping his eye on the ball uh was was not only a a priority for him but it was a morning noon and night uh vigilant kind of uh of way that he he did business every day Mark, can you also touch on, I mean, you weren't new to Washington, you were a congressman. Can you touch on the fact that during the course of, of the day, and, you know, there's so much to be accomplished, but just the amount of, and, and now people ridicule it, but just false news, fake news, false information that would get out, that it can, at the same time, as much as it's, it's you know, so reckless the way it's reported, it's still something that gets out there and has to be addressed. Well, it has to be addressed, and and, uh, and and I and I talk about that in the chief's chief. I didn't believe in fake news 
uh, until I got to the White House. I, I knew that that there was, you know, the president kept talking about fake news, and I was on Capitol Hill, and you're you're right, and I would know that even the Capitol Hill reporters, they had a left bent, they had uh, the way that they would put it out there, but they didn't try to make things up. When I got to the White House, I, it's, it's not only that they made it up, it didn't have a basis in reality, and they would have, uh, you know, two or three unnamed sources giving them, quote, the facts, and uh, I can remember one, one particular story, I'm talking to the reporter, I said, uh, that's just not accurate, and and I'm willing to go on the record to tell you that it's not accurate. They said, well, we've got good sources. I said, well, you couldn't have good sources because the only other person that was in the meeting is actually sitting here in the room while I'm talking to you, and they didn't talk to you. I mean, but they just make these things up, but you had to address them, and the President uh, Trump was – he did what we call chopper talk always willing to go talk to the press it kept him sharp but boy you know it was killer questions each and every day and it was uh, having to address rumors that very often were just made up by a water cooler can you also just expand on that a little bit just because i i really enjoyed reading that folks again it's mark meadows his new book chief of the chief's chief the uh the chopper talk how did that come about because now when we're looking at a president he can't, they cannot, cannot do that. President Trump walking the rope line, cameras on him, boom, pointing at the reporter, you know, boom, like pop quiz, what do you have? That is not, that is not easy to do. How did that come about? I like how you uh, talk about that and write about that in the book. Well, you know, it's interesting uh, when we talk about that in the book, uh, the chopper talk. Uh, some days there were days when, as his chief of staff, I said, you know, today, you know, sir, this is not a good news cycle. I don't know that you want to go and take uh, take on the reporters. And he would he would look out and he'd say, yeah, there's Jim Acosta from CNN. There's this person. There's that person. He says, I think it's a perfect day to take them on. And so he'd go out and uh, and literally be ready to you know the the rotors on the helicopter on marine one would be uh going it would be on one idle and he'd go in and he says all right well go ahead and but he was not afraid of them you know yeah. what we have now is a joe biden who gets a list of uh, hopefully the softball reporters that are going to ask these nice you know what flavor of ice cream meadows his fantastic new book the chief's chief mark one more thing i just think you captured president trump really that's the thing that i took away the most there are times i was laughing out loud you really captured him very well the dynamic between the two of you uh i'm just curious uh, any type of feedback from the president regarding the book you know the the president uh you know it was interesting when uh when i first said i was going to write it, he says well i'm going to like it sir well i said well as long as i can tell the truth and let the american people see who you really are and there are parts of it you know the 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 personality part of it uh where he doesn't like uh people to actually see that that nice uh, compassionate side of him that i but we do we do laugh we have a, a lot of fun i can remember one time uh, uh, that you know, we I was so mad about a leak. I said, "Sir, uh, I, I went in. I said, uh, Sir, th there was only four of us in this room, and now we've got the press is calling me about it, and I'm going to fire two people." And he looked at me and he goes, "Mark, I don't know that I'd do that. It may have been me." <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and so uh, 
uh, you know, he's one that will always uh, find the humor in things. He and I were able to to have a, a friendship. Uh, you know, obviously it was a supportive role to the, what I would consider the best president our country has ever had. And uh, and yet with that, we get to talk still on a daily basis. So he, he enjoys it. He's uh, he's encouraging people to go out and buy it. So hopefully it'll make a good Christmas gift for uh, those who appreciate the 45th president of the United States. Absolutely. Folks, again, the book, The Chief's Chief, Mark Meadows. Mark, really f- fantastic job with the book. It's a pleasure to speak with you, and we'll talk to you again sometime. Sounds great. Thanks, John. Take care. Propane Plus for heating and cooling. Call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, as much as people think of the holidays and Christmas and all the excitement and a new year that it could bring on, uh, people think that they should be happy. It actually can, uh, there's people dealing with some very difficult feelings and there's been an epidemic of uh of grown men and middle-aged men taking their own life and dr rob who specializes in this and dr rob i think one of the first things is it's family members or maybe people see someone at a holiday party or just know of someone and they they want to reach out and and find out just how someone is is doing mentally during the holidays yeah it, it's pretty common for some some people to be really distressed at this time and the most important thing you can do is to let somebody know you care. Just to say, hey, it seems like you're really struggling. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, would you like to talk about things? Um, let's sit down in a quiet place and, and just have some time together and, and try to see what's, what's happening here. Um, so that's, that's really important. Your expression of care can restore hope to people who are feeling pretty hopeless sometimes. So very important. And, folks, this leads to this website that Dr. Rob's going to direct people to. We've been doing this now over several months. We're going to continue into the new year. And uh, it's it's mantherapy.org. And, Dr. Rob, you know, again, as I said, people see, oh, I, I should be happy, and they see the lights and Christmas. But this time of year and a new year, it, it can emote, uh, bring up a lot of past memories. Uh, you know, people even refer to it as ghosts of Christmas past. We remembered when you were a child, and then you think of, Maybe there are people that are no longer with us. And, and for varying different reasons, it, it can actually be a very difficult time for people mentally. It, it can be. And uh, middle-aged men particularly in general are, are very resistant to seeking help sometimes. And there's a certain stigma about going to see a therapist or going to even see your own doctor sometimes. Um, so one of the resources that people need to know about is this uh, web, 
website called mantherapy.org, or you can just anonymously go to the website and check out your own mental health status. That's what's called a 20-point head inspection that helps a guy figure out, am I just being stressed or are they really suffering from depression or, or some other mental um, health challenge? Um, and there's lots of resources listed on there, too. It, it, in the first place, it's a very humorous uh, site with lots of funny videos, but there's also some really valuable resources available there, too. And, again, you don't have to face the stigma of uh, seeing somebody going into a, a therapist office or something. So just go to the website, go to the website of mantherapy.org and, and check it out. It's really a lot of value there. Folks, we speak with Dr. Rob. And, Dr. Rob, not only that, but because there is a website and there's a link People could either send it through text message, they could send an email, received a nice email from this woman that hadn't seen a brother in a while, talked to him, did not sound good, did not sound like himself. And after our conversation, she she just sent him the, the email. She didn't have to talk about it. She just sent him the email and the link. And then uh, and it, it turned out that, that there was something much deeper that's going on. So um, that is one portion of this. And Dr. Rob, you've also been so good and such a leader on leading people people think about taking a cpr course but there's even a course that people can take to look for warning signs when there's someone who is kind of lost their way yeah this course is called qpr which stands for question persuade and refer and it basically teaches any any adult citizen how to recognize that the warning signs that someone might be thinking about suicide and then it uh, helps them to be able to ask the question directly uh, are you thinking about taking your life? Or are you thinking about suicide? And then let me help persuade you them to let you help them get some help, uh, just as a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, not a professional, but just somebody who cares about them, and then to refer them appropriately. Uh, it's important to realize that not everybody who might be thinking about suicide needs to go to the emergency room. Not everybody needs 911 called. Uh, so this teaches you how to do this. It gives you some real tools and as I said, how to recognize first and how to respond that someone may be thinking about suicide. It's been, studies have shown it really saves lives. Folks, again, it's the website is mantherapy.org, and I want people to understand that this is the age group that this really focuses on is middle-aged men. There's been rampant. Uh, it's, it is an epidemic of uh, middle-aged men that have been taking their life. It doesn't have to be that way. So whether it's a spouse or a friend or a co-worker, whoever it may be, mantherapy.org. We're going to continue our conversations with Dr. Rob into the new year. Dr. Rob, I want to thank you once again for your expertise, expertise, sensitivity in talking about it and dedication to it. You are literally saving lives. And thank you, thank you for agreeing to continue our conversations. Well, I'm delighted to, John. I really appreciate all your support and help in this. It's the, I think it's a great service to the community, and thank you so much. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Folks, they're located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Easy to get to, right off of Silver Spring Street, right off of 95. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Ron and Melissa, everything is baked fresh, and especially this time of year, they have delicious Christmas cookies, Christmas baskets, Christmas everything at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Delicious calzones, everything fresh. Stop and see them. Look for them on Facebook. And their hours are Tuesday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Ron and Melissa, delicious Christmas baskets and delicious Christmas cookies and treats, plus the most delicious calzones and also cannolis. 
Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in and see them. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Look for them on Facebook for directions and hours that they're open. It's Christmas time at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, Republican National Committee spokesperson, and it's our friend Paris Denard. And Paris, I'd like to start off. Uh, it's not people's imagination. The crime rates around the country in different cities are absolutely rising. Well, the crime rates are, are rising and the acts of violence, the criminality is out of control. But I think we have to put this into context and, and, and make sure your listeners understand that this is not something that is just happening out of the blue. This has been a trend that has started back last year with the Black Lives Matter uh, riots and, and all those things that were happening and how Democrats sat there and, did, and essentially did nothing in terms of trying to get the nation to understand that we needed to have public safety and law and order. President Trump was using his bully pulpit to try to get those Democrat leaders, both at the local and national level, to understand that we needed to have public safety. But the media and Democrat officials essentially laughed it off and said there wasn't a problem. In, act, in actuality, even had Kamala Harris, uh, her, her colleagues, bail out some of these rioters. And so what we see now is a, an added continuation that has just increased into suburbs, into places like Beverly Hills, Truesdale Estates, and people that you see the crime high-end stores so it's not just something that's limited to urban areas or our lower income areas it's, it's affecting everyone and we have to stand firm and say we need to have law and order we need to have public safety and if you're living in these cities where democrats are in control that if they're the sheriff or they're the mayor or these city councils who are trying to defund the police we need to have the voters say enough is enough we're not going to stand for it we need to have Funding, full funding of the police, increased funding of the police, support for the men and women in blue, and more public safety, because this is a travesty. Paris, if you wouldn't mind, tell people, our listeners, what's going on in New York City. Well, when you look at New York City, I mean, it is just, it, it, it's out of control. And you have a mayor, uh, you have candidates who are proposing things, sounding like they want to be the law and order. But at, at the end of the day, you have people... Uh, that are proposing a lot of things that are not going to be helpful for the city. Crime is out of control. Even look, the Fox News Christmas tree was burned down. Yep. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if people understand how that is not a random act of of, of criminality, but it's not. Uh, you have uh, legislators uh, proposing, like De Blasio, also pushing to have a forced uh, you know a, a vaccine mandate on everyone and i'm talking about every uh small business every big business every company in new york city having this forced vaccine and children five to twelve forced vaccine now it's been a couple court i think a court had put a, a stop order on it but at the end of the day this is what's happening in new york and you think that the crime is a problem now you're going to add to the fact that you're going to have thousands potentially thousands of people out of work if they do not want to comply with what de Blasio was putting down. So it is, it's really, really frightening uh, to see what's happening there on top of the fact that you hear people talk of having illegals allowed to vote or people that are non-citizens. These are proposals going on in New York as well. So we've got to keep our eye out on New York because the people there and, and on top of all the increased taxes that are happening there are really suffering. 
Folks, again, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. With us is Paris Denard, Republican National Committee spokesperson. Paris, also, the city of Chicago, you know, it's amazing. It's You can tie in the rising crime rates really to blue states or at least, you know, cities that are run by Democrat mayors. Well, you can. And, and, and on, on the flip side, you can turn to the success that you see in uh, – recovery in terms of jobs to red state governors. Uh, And so I think that ultimately when you look at what's happening, you can say Democrat leadership on on the ground in these states is not working. And Republican leadership in these states, especially on local level, is working. And I think that's going to be the catalyst for voters looking towards 2022 and saying, who do I want to have serving in these offices, not just in Congress, but on the local level. And I think they're going to look more towards Republicans and conservative values because the, the proof is in the action. And the actions are, under Democrat leadership, you see rising crime, you see high taxes, you see a lot of the things that are going wrong. And a lot of these mandates, under Republican leadership, you see job recovery, you see public safety, and you see people looking at places like Virginia, that was a blue state, turning out to, rep- to vote for a Republican, giving Glenn Youngkin the win, not only the win for the Republicans and the governor, uh, the governor's race, but also lieutenant governor and attorney general. What about the fact, what about like Seattle that seemingly uh, Paris between problems with uh, people that just don't want to join the police anymore? Seattle has really gone, I think more than any of the city, Seattle, Portland, they've gone off the cliff as far as it's as if they expect their residents to just have to deal with crime. That, that, that's the thing that's most uh, troubling to me is the fact that the Democrats that are running these local uh, municipalities seem to think that the residents are stupid and seem to think that they should just take it and just say, this is what happens. This is what this is the reality that you live in, as if there's no alternative. And the fact of the matter is there is an alternative. You can have public safety. You can have a, 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 a situation where you honor and support uh, the, the men and women in blue. Uh, you can have a situation where you enforce the laws that are on the books and not have rampant criminality. Uh, and so that is that doesn't have to be reality. But whether it's Seattle, like you mentioned, or places like Chicago, that you've seen an increased crime and high murder rates, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think the people need to understand that there is an alternative. But the Democrats and the media, quite frankly, don't want them to, to realize that. They want to act like conservative policies are problems. But they're not. They're the solution. You know what else, uh, folks, again, we're speaking with Paris Denard. Paris, the, the Fox New, uh, Christmas tree, Fox News Christmas tree was uh, someone climbed it and then lit it on fire. You know, th- th- this was I want to see if it's covered the same way that, you know, Elon Omar was playing up these uh, messages that she's gotten that have threatened her. Joy Reid on MSNBC uh, and Fox News, they're always demonizing Fox. To me, this is the actions when you have the, the liberal media. And they're demonizing uh, Fox News and and their building and their employees. This is then the end result you get, which is then someone goes and lights their Christmas tree on fire. I think the media has a responsibility to at the very least be fair. And and I think that that's the standard that we should ask of them. Just be fair. If you covered uh, instances of violence uh, that, that happened on uh, to, to or even alleged instances of violence or attacks or whatever to a Democrat, do the same to a Republican. Right. If you if you looked at if you think that it was a story for uh, anything involving President Trump's children, 
and you report it on it, then it, it could be a story on Hunter Biden. Right. Then report on it. And when you say the Christmas tree situation, look, this is this could be considered arson. Yes. And what is and why and why did it happen? How did it allow? What was the motivation behind yep. it? Who is the person? Right. Report on that, just like they didn't report on the 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 young black man who was radicalized by the Nation of Islam who ran his car into the national into the into to, to the U.S. Capitol with a with a large knife trying to kill the officers, and they they but they didn't even mention him barely mentioned him in the media you know it's like what's the double standard there but we need them to be fair we need them to be honest because the american people deserve to have truth we can rightly divide the, the truth for ourselves but do not be the uh, edit don't editorialize the news for us based upon your political agenda and that's what we see happening in a lot of the mainstream media outlets one final uh, question to folks again with Sweet with Paris Denard, Republican National Committee spokesperson. You know, Paris, I was speaking with a member of law enforcement and said, you know, people don't realize crime and criminals, they adjust. They adjust. And, you know, at one point you had heard a lot about it, a lot of home invasions. Then people set up, you know, security cameras and surveillance and protection. So now the big thing in L.A. is the follow homes. You know, they'll go to an area with yeah. this high end stores and they'll see sometimes maybe let's just say an, it doesn't have to be, but an older woman. And she's in a you know beautiful new luxury sports car. They literally follow her home from the jewelry store, and they rob her in her driveway. Yeah, I think the other thing is we have to focus on is the, the act of deterrence. And 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 you have some attorney generals and sheriffs who they, they say they're not going to enforce petty crime. That's right. They're not going to. They're not going to arrest or you know if if even I, I was talking to someone who. When it comes to even violence against children, you know, you call the police and say, oh, well, this is a messy scheme. We're not really going to do anything. No, no. If, you, if that's the attitude, then the people know that the perpetrators can get away with it. We have to have strong police enforcement and acting as if it's a deterrent so that people do not want to think that they can get away with robbing someone, following them, or attacking someone. We've got to have the police empowered and our government saying we're going to prioritize this but we've seen a lot of democrats they want to deep they don't want to prioritize some of these things and because they don't feel like it's a waste they feel like it's a waste of time it's not and the ramifications of it is a lawless society where people are going around doing these random and in some cases targeted acts of criminality that are making people unsafe and scared and leading to a lot of deaths and that's a problem paris denard spokesperson republican national committee our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, uh, as we speak, there are certainly um, forces that are, want to pressure Governor McKee to go with the statewide indoor mask mandate. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to me. The, the, yes, the hospital numbers are creeping up. But this time of year, by the way, the hospital numbers always creep up because of uh, seasonal flu and so forth. But uh, I, I think this is a real dividing line because the small businesses I talk to, restaurants others they, they just they're not going to be able to handle it they, people don't like it um people will say if it's a store forget it i'll shop online if it's they go to a restaurant they don't like to be the mask police saying excuse me you went to the men's room you gotta put your mask on um gyms i i, I mean it, for a state that supposedly we're number one and 95 percent of the state is vaccinated i don't understand why the governor but he he certainly sounds like he's on the verge of folding to us it sounds that way to a statewide indoor mask mandate. 
Yeah, yeah I, I think so. And I, and I think that would be a big mistake. And I think that's a lot of it's the squeaky reel issue, because if you if you look out there in news media, uh, especially online, a lot of the social media, particularly accounts of journalists and, and stuff, folks like that, there's there's a hysteria. I mean, you are you are literally killing their family members if if you ref, if you don't think people should be forced to mask everywhere, uh, and so in the face of that, I mean, the governor's got a choice. You've got a, a some unknowably big side group of people who are, who are relatively quiet, expecting it to happen anyway. Uh, are they going to be more of a, a challenge to you as a political candidate than these kind of influential and hysterical? Uh, folks pushing the mask mandate. And I, I think that's the problem. And I think the the nature of the people who are pushing it is part of the problem. Not only are they journalists who who control a lot of information flow and not and not only about COVID, but if you're, uh, I mean, there's one journalist who he's been mentioning family health things, so I don't want to name him, but one local journalist who's, who's talking about his family members who get, uh, who've gotten COVID. And, and he's, he's definitely blaming the people who aren't uh, in aren't with the mask mandate uh, or wearing masks. So if you're the governor and, and this journalist is out there and you know he might not give you very good coverage of some unrelated policy issue because he just doesn't like you because he thinks you're killing his aunt. You know? yep. So I, I, I think that, that really creates a problem. And then they cite these studies and it goes up to the federal government with the CDC has a whole page advocating for masks, the effectiveness of masks. And it's not really how science works. If you go through it, all each study has its own problems and it doesn't cite those. And then what concerns me is the effect on children. I mean, even the, even the studies showing that masks, that claim to show that masks don't affect children, actually show they do. There's one I wrote about on Anchor Rising uh, that they, they studied a handful of kids in Michigan and they found out that they can recognize emotions as well with masks on as they can with sh uh, sunglasses on. And what that means actually, I mean, it sounds fine, but what that means is the masks cut their ability to recognize emotions in half. And that's just recognizing emotions. Never mind whether they can learn effectively how to read and how to, how to understand things from the teacher. Uh, that to me, it, the evidence is that it does have a harmful effect. And we don't talk about that because we're hysterical about killing uh, aunts who catch it because masks are the things. And that's, that's unfortunate, but I think that's, that's where the governor's bending. Folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, there also doesn't seem to be any accountability for, you know, you and I would follow it, but you had the liberal journalists that are online, and again, you and I see them social media, talk about the college campuses. And this goes back where they're saying, boy, if these kids don't want to wear a mask, they're going to hate the ventilator. Never happened. Uh, fall of 2020, August, September, all these teachers making out their wills, uh, the far loud progressive left, how many children have to die? But never happened. And what do you make of the fact that over the weekend, the McKee people put out that the Omicron variant, uh, variant excuse me, had arrived in Rhode Island, didn't, didn't kill anyone, didn't put anybody in the hospital, apparently was just detected, I think, in, in a test. Um, the, for, for, the, for the naysayers, the, the doomsday, there just doesn't seem to be any accountability with so much of what they were preaching, Justin Katz just did, did not, thank God, by the way, but did not pan out. Well, yeah, I mean, it is, it's kind of, you know, an ancient human trait, right? Just It's basically just hysteria and propaganda. The Omicron thing, the first identified uh, 
person in California in the United States, you know, that's not news. <laughs> that's, right. I mean, and that's just generating, it's, it's yellow journalism, you know, generating press to make hysteria and make people, I guess, buy a newspaper, but also uh, push social policy on a country. You know, I, I think this is still accurate. It was a day or two ago. So far, based from national and international health organizations like the World Health Organization and the CDC, not a single death has been attributed to this Omicron variant. Uh, from what I can tell, it's basically uh, it's basically a cold uh, that catches easily, but you get over it quickly. And it may it may be just as helpful in immunity as as getting the vaccine. So uh, th- we're not having these kind of balanced stories about that because there's this hysteria. And I think, uh, hopefully, I think what's happening is you're starting to really see it affect. It's not an immediate effect where somebody calls the progressives and the journalists on what they said last year, but over time, it's a cumulative hit on their credibility. I saw a poll the other day among, among Republicans anyway, trust in the news media is down to like 10 or 11%. That means 89 or 90 percent of Republicans do not trust the news media and the independents. It was something like 31 do not uh, 31 percent trust the, the media. Uh, so that which means almost 70 percent do not. I think that's what they really ought to be watching out for is you're not going to get that instant feedback necessarily of people calling you on your story a year ago. But over time, they'll just discount you. They'll say, you know what, Omicron, whatever. Zeta, the Zeta variant, whatever. They lied to me about Omicron. I, I think that's what we're seeing. And that's, that presents a real, a real problem for the mainstream news media. And, but hopefully, on the other hand, it presents some opportunity for people who are trying to be more honest about these things. Justin Katz said the Governor McKee press briefing on Thursday, all of a sudden, this woman appeared in the front of the room uh, speaking almost, some people can understand her, heavy Spanish accent. Apparently, she's a state worker and a translator. Starts talking about, I need to taking over, crashing in. It was right in front of Governor McKee. Suddenly, state police, a uh, female trooper that's always with the governor, started to remove her. The governor said, no, no, let her talk. Uh, she was ranting and raving at one point, even wrestling on the floor with the, the state police. But what, what really stuck out was the governor quickly, who was very bewildered, uh, as soon as he identified that it was a Latina woman, and she mentioned the word domestic violence, he decided, no, let her stay, and we don't believe that she was arrested. It was like, get her contact information. I, I'm sorry. if that, that That is a double standard. If that were one of the frontline people that were removed from meetings, if that were whoever, Trump's a business owner complaining about the mask mandate, I, I believe they would have been arrested and removed. I see it as it was a tremendous security breach. That, 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 well, they, they're way too casual. That, that woman could have had a weapon. Could have been someone going at the governor, but just the fact that that he even said no, let's let's let her take over the press briefing and talk. Uh, it, it, we, I, I would like to. I'd like to. I'm obviously anxious to hear your thoughts on it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I have some sympathy to the predicament he's in because if he removes her, right, then then he's going to be hearing about it from the press, uh, and I think. I think the, the double standard comment is is dead on. I mean, the, the WPRI follow up with this woman would not oh. even name her. It yeah. would not even name her because she's a, she said she's a victim of domestic abuse. This has nothing to that, do with that. This is a no. woman who jumped in front of cameras and yeah. started shouting with the governor right there. It has nothing to do with her being a victim. If to the extent you know she's a victim, it's because she came out in public and told you. Right. Yet, 
yet that gives her some some veil that she's allowed to hide behind in, from WPRI's perspective. That I I think that really goes to the as you say the double standard. If if the if they agree with the cause, you can do anything, which is going to be a problem for them as everybody with a cause on the left decides they get to get to disrupt the governor yes. or, or jump into a, a closed room in front of the media. Uh, that that could become an issue for them over time. But I think I think you're exactly right. The the people who who respectfully well, we talked about the and you you covered you were there for the the people who went to the frontline yeah, workers who went to the king's house. They they got arrested. They had they police. Arrested. To me, it looked like the police actively provoked them into being, got them arrested. And the the veteran who was arrested certainly did no more than this woman wrestling with the other well, the state police officer. Woman was way officer. worse. She was wrestling around with them. I yeah, can't believe it. She should have been so, arrested. Yes, but, they, but you can understand why right in front of the media, and that's part of the problem with the media not covering things. I mean, if they had, if you weren't there, pretty much there would have been no coverage of, of oh. the frontline workers and so i think that's you've got all these cameras there the governor knows it he's looking at them and as as um i think you noted on a, in a post and immediately the the questions went from what the governor was talking about before she came in to asking him about her yes. so i mean the, he's in a very tough political position right there uh but the, i think that the double standard is very clear and i think it's up to the the news media who want to affect these outcomes to make sure that you know, yeah we need to we need to be a little bit more careful about who gets to do what and say things and if there are rules they've got to be consistent and that goes right up to you know the the contrast between antifa and the january yes, 6th protesters that's right folks another quick break a lot more politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorising.com right here on the john DePietro show Listening to the John DePietro Show, folks, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, he is rapid response for the uh, Republican National Committee. It's our friend Tommy Pigeot. And, and Tommy, if I didn't know any better, my, my goodness, this type of inflation, when is the last time Americans saw the type of inflation we're experiencing right now? Uh, we're talking about the 1980s. Uh, we're, we're talking many, many, many decades ago. The consumer prices we're at a 39-year high. So really the beginning of the 1980s, the tail end of Jimmy Carter, when Reagan had to come in and fix the mess that Jimmy Carter left behind. It really is disastrous. We're not, nothing that we've seen in modern times. And it comes after Biden was talking about how this would be transitory. So the producer prices, which is another in, indicator of inflation, has been at record highs for the past eight months. Every single month, it has reached a new record high. And for months, through all that time, that's when he said it was transitory. So I'm glad he's finally decided, his administration, that it's time to retire that word and recognize that inflation is here to stay. But unfortunately for the American people, that's just too little too late. Tommy, as far as inflation, I mean, that, that's not something easily handled. Um, they seem to be in denial on it. What, what do you make of the fact that, that their new talking point is saying that this is all corporate greed that's causing it? Well, I think that's a bit ridiculous. I mean, obviously we should, if there's ever you know, documented incident instance of corporate greed of price gouging, et cetera, that should be looked into. And that, that is, but the idea that somehow uh, economy wide inflation is based off of corporate greed. is just the next uh, desperate straw they're trying to grasp at. I mean, and, and it's revealed by the fact that they were denying that it existed for months. So did they all of a sudden decide to wake up yesterday and decide corporate greed was the issue. It's just, they're moving from thing to thing. This isn't actually thought out. 
And what Biden said when this um, the consumer prices number came out was suggested that the prices had peaked, that the price hikes had reached their height. But that also is not supported by the evidence. We had producer prices, like I mentioned, which were at 9.6%. And the reason why that indicator matters is because that usually comes before consumer prices, meaning that consumer prices and those increases haven't peaked. They're likely going to keep going up. So Biden is just going from one light to the next. So when he blames corporate greed, I think it's just important to remember that he's been wrong for months on every single level. So he has no credibility on this issue. Folks, again, we're speaking with Tommy Pijot, who is Rapid Response Director for the Republican National Committee. And Tommy, one more note on inflation. What is the point of, uh, you know, giving higher minimum wage and paying higher wages for people if it, it doesn't even seem that they're keeping pace with just the price of of regular day, every week expenses cost? Well, I think that's an extremely important point. When Biden goes out there and he says wages are up, and he's actually said that wages are increasing faster than inflation. And, and again, that's a flat-out lie. If you actually look at real wages, which is where you account for inflation when you look at wages, real wages are down by 2.3% according to calculations from Axios. 2.3% they're down, and he's out here claiming that wages are up. It's just another flat-out lie. And so your point about the minimum wage and all these other giving people money, if you just arbitrarily do that without increasing productivity, if you do that in a way that just wastes that money, if you do that in a way that just says, I'm going to flood the system with more money, we end up exactly what's going on now. The Democrat uh, answer to everything is just to pour more money at it without actually thinking, what are the consequences? What's going to happen? Is this actually going to help people? They just waste and waste and waste and waste while they just take more money for Washington, D.C. So we're seeing the impacts of that. We're seeing wages going down. So when, when they say they're the party of workers, just remember that every single American, including the poorest Americans who are most impacted by this, are seeing their wages go down because of their reckless spending. Now, Tommy, at the same time, uh, people in major cities, we're seeing these uh, elements of crime that, first of all, you know, places like New York, you'd have to go back to the 70s. You're seeing these uh, large-scale smash-and-grabs. Uh, they're so brazen, the shoplifting. Is it is it people's imagination, or is, is crime just spiraling out of control in America right now? It really is, and I think we're seeing, unfortunately, report after report that indicates that. Um, Axios uh, did a study recently that showed that 12 major U.S. cities had reached all-time homicide highs, and it wasn't even the end of the year yet. You had Chicago, again, not even at the end of the year yet, reaching the highest homicide rate since the 1990s. You see these smash and grabs, which are really, in my mind, kind of unprecedented. I've never seen anything like 80 people storming a Nordstrom's and 20 people storming a Home Depot in order to get sledgehammers to storm the next store. I mean, it really is just it's I've never seen anything like this. And it, the response from Democrats has been a complete failure. They implemented these policies that are, have coddled these criminals with these uh, eliminating cash bail policies, putting uh, criminals back on the street, refusing to prosecute many crimes in San Francisco, for example. They don't prosecute you if you steal something like less than $900 from a store. So what they do is they just send 20 people into a store to steal $859 worth. So it's really ridiculous policies, and Biden supports these policies. He's nominated people to the Justice Department that have supported the fund the police. He has refused to stand up to these Democrats. And Saki has cited COVID as the reason for this organized crime, which is ridiculous. It's like she thinks that a sudden urge to loot Home Depot is a symptom of COVID. I mean, it's really just beyond the pale, and it's it's one failure after the next, and every American sees it. But it's just another example of Biden trying to deny reality, trying to 
tell people the American people not to believe their own eyes. And Tommy, before I let you go, I want to just get your reaction to President Biden announcing he's very confident Democrats will win the midterms next year, and he's also very confident that he will run for re-election in 2024. Well, I don't know where he's getting that confidence from. Uh, Republicans, I think, if last November is any indicator, there's going to be a massive red wave in 2022. But I do want to preface that. We're not taking that for granted, and I think it's a time for every American that's concerned about this country to get off the sidelines and really get to work. We've already made over 12 million volunteer voter contacts ahead of the midterm elections. We were active in Virginia and New Jersey. But I think one indicator that should worry Biden and worry the Democrats is in Seattle. Last November, they elected a Republican district attorney for the first time in decades in Seattle. So if they can do it in Seattle, I think Democrats should know it's coming across the country. But we're putting in the work, and if we have anything to say about it, Biden will be eating his words in about a year. Folks, he is Tommy Pichot, Republican National Committee, rapid response to... John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, which is dePietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Henry Oil. This heating season... Switch to Henry Oil. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. Call them today at 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery. It's Henry Oil. You can depend on Henry Oil this heating season. Give them a call today, serving most Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Remember, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing, Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200, always online at henryoil.com. Well, it is Wednesday. It is, uh, we're slowly making our way through the month of December, December 15th. And folks, big day, as many of you know, Governor McKee is uh, set to have a briefing this afternoon where he's going to announce uh, some guidance, shall we say, possibly restrictions regarding COVID. Now, I know there's been a lot of talk about this, and a lot of people are kind of jumping the gun, and the governor certainly has been letting people know for quite some time that he's going to be making these announcements. I, I want everybody to kind of pause a little bit, and, uh, and I, I normally don't do that, but you, you, there there's some clues as to what's going to happen. And what I mean by that is if you look at Massachusetts and Connecticut, neither state have an indoor uh, statewide mask mandate. And if anything, Governor Baker has kind of deferred to the governor of Massachusetts to defer to different cities and towns for how they they want to handle it. So I I am telling you, you know, we're going to find out. I don't think uh, that Governor McKee is I don't think he's going to do a uh, a mask mandate. I think they're going to strongly encourage masks, strongly encourage. And and then you may see certain cities and towns announce that they want to have policies. Mayor Lorza, the mayor of Providence, has already said that Providence may have one. Now, I think that's unfair to a lot of the businesses um in the city of providence but um and also i think with the schools i know a lot of parents don't like that there's a a mask mandate in in the schools and they're probably right however what i don't think is going to happen is i don't think that the governor is going to go for statewide virtual uh, distance learning so i don't think that's going to happen either the numbers are creeping higher plus Apparently, the new virus, not only is it highly contagious, but it's it's more seemingly like the flu. The flu, by the way, can knock people flat. So I think that the governor of Massachusetts, Governor Baker, has kind of set the tone. They're having more testing. It is something people have to be aware of. 
Um, I, I recognize a lot of people don't see value in the mass. A lot of the experts are saying if you're vaccinated, they don't see really the use in having a mask. Unvaccinated people uh, around other vaccinated people should not have to worry about a mask. So uh, there's a good story in the Boston Globe where, you know, there's there's uh, a number of different experts and, and they, they're not all on, on the same page. Many of them don't feel one thing that seemingly is coming out is that a lot of the experts say that mask mandates don't work. Mask mandates don't work. It does not work uh, as pressure mounts for a new statewide mask mandate. Experts are divided on whether they work. There are many people saying now you actually do more harm when you start to. It's, you know, it's the government uh, saying you have to wear a mask people are not responding well to that so there are uh, other experts in the field that that are saying that the the better approach is to continue to encourage people and then a lot of people on their own will start to do it apparently since thanksgiving more people are are doing it one expert they talked to said he favors the approach new york city is taking where a business either requires vaccination or a negative test enter a public venue in a fully vaccinated environment i don't think people need to be wearing a mask so it, it's going to depend on i think many of the cities and towns but i i don't think you know governor mckee is definitely uh he's feeling the heat he's under pressure from his health department i think to to do something and there, there are some people by the way that are completely masked up and believe in that but the the experts are saying if in fact you have a high number of people that are vaccinated which the state has right which the state has then there's no reason to to go into that i think another point that is really important and again i want to talk about this it's this story in the boston globe a mass mandate requires follow-up enforcement and it 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 generates complaints and let's face it they just don't have staff to do that and as we've kind of talked about you know many people in whether it be in a retail store business or a restaurant they, they don't want to have to be the mask police they don't want to have to you know say to someone all right everyone's going to put the mask on if you get up to use the restroom in the middle of the dinner you got to put your mask. they they don't want to do that and and the state really doesn't have the enforcement on that so uh i i think the mckee people again they they seem to be having some challenges with the media they they seemingly were trying to to me stem some of the criticism from some of the candidates running for governor by by not being silent so that's why over the weekend they started to put out that you know the governor will have something to say and we're studying it and then they put out the press release that the the new variant had in fact arrived in rhode island even though it hadn't you know it's not like it took a life or put anyone in the hospital just that someone had tested for it so it would seem to be that more testing i think that uh governor mckee is going to take his lead from the governor governor baker of massachusetts who's not running for re-election and and is also um just announcing that that they're going to um they're going to do more testing and it is something for people to be aware of folks it 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 would seem that we're starting to fall into this phase where it's going to be the the seasonal flu that that's the way i i take it notice i mean much like the flu it's it's worse in in as it it gets colder we go outside that's why it never made sense to have everyone inside and then you go back to the spring of 2020 when they were closing state beaches and then and even the parks that's ridiculous that's where people need to be to be outside so that is the big focal point of today another story that's that's out there 
And it's just so sad that um, how paranoid people are, how they're allowing certain things to also happen with um, with with various individuals. And, and what I'm talking about is in, in Barrington, Barrington High School, somebody went into the um, girls' restroom and, and scrawled on, on the wall that, you know, they're going to take their father's pistol and shoot up the school. And it's so sad how paranoid and frightened these children now are. And they think when they say, and children, they don't know. I just want you to listen to, this was a Channel 12 interviewed this student. And it's, what's so sad about this is it's, it's, it's panic, it's irrational fear. Uh, with Rhode Island's strict gun laws, we're actually one of the safer states in the country. Listen to this student from Barrington. And I'm scared for my life and I'm coming into school and I can't learn because I'm nervous to see my friends putting their name there and saying, I am terrified to go into school. I don't want to end up on the news as a picture and someone saying my name. I don't want my parents to have to worry about that. I don't, I don't want to end up on a t-shirt. I don't want to be a hashtag. Like we just want to live. We just want to go to school and live. So what's so sad about that is it's, 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 that's irrational fear and it's being allowed to fester and apparently no adult is talking that child down um, off the ledge. If there are, there are students that are waking up and thinking that just because somebody scrawled that in a bathroom, that's um, that's cruel, but it, it really needs to be vetted out um, just because, yes, there was a shooting in, you know, in, in Michigan, but that that's, it's, it's entirely different. Um, when, when people start to talk that way, and so they want everybody to go distance learning and, it's um it it just doesn't add up. I feel bad for the student, and I, and I think it's a failure on the school and the parents not to try to kind of bring someone down off off the ledge, so to speak. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to the John DePietro Show.